All right, everybody, welcome back to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. The Pittsburgh Steelers are now into the uh, true training camp portion of this pandemic-led thing that we're doing. I don't even know what you want to call it, but they've kind of worked their way through the first couple of phases, and now training camp is officially underway, although... I shall never call it training camp official unless it's in Latrobe at St. Vincent's College. St. Vincent, excuse me, college. Um, Good catch. Yeah, yeah, I try. Uh, But it is what it is. And uh, the Steelers have uh, had a couple of really good uh, days of practice, according to head coach Mike Tomlin. And uh, we are here to opine on all things Steelers through these first couple of days. And uh, Ian, I believe, is getting his adult beverage of choice right now. So, we will say hello to Ben first, uh, who I believe already has his adult beverage of choice. Uh, ben, how are things for you this fine summer evening? Fantastic. It, it was warm today, but not 100 like it was yesterday Oof. the day before. Oof. Yeah, that's too damn much. Yeah. I mean, it's not humid here or anything here, so it's a dry heat and all that, right. but whatever, yeah. man. 100 degrees. I left Arizona for a reason. Fuck that. Yeah. I'm not living in that ever, ever again. Nope. Uh, sometimes you don't have a choice, uh, but but uh, this will obviously be short-lived there uh, in, in the upper Northwest. And uh, um, Ian has uh, jumped back on here. And uh, Ian, how are things in the Steel City today? Things are good. Things are good. Um, we are awaiting word this Friday on whether or not there will be high school football or any sports this fall okay um the pennsylvania athletic association the piaa delayed fall sports by two weeks as of right now i believe they're the only state remaining that hasn't actually made a formal decision yet um so we'll see uh what they're gonna do and um, they had a meeting with the governor's staff this week where we are is the governor's made a recommendation that he has been very explicit is not a mandate, but a recommendation not to play sports in the fall. Um, yet somehow the governor's office, it just came out, signed a secret deal uh, oh. with the uh, car show in Harrisburg, happens to be the state capital, to uh-huh. allow 20,000 people a day at this outdoor event that lasted four days. Um, oh. when, the, when the current uh, mandate or guidance for outdoor events is 250 people. So, um, yeah, that story's been making the rounds thanks to some intrepid reporting from a local Pittsburgh news station. And, uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll see where things go. It seems like the, the momentum is towards having fall sports of some uh-huh, kind uh-huh. um i'm hopeful that that includes football uh but we'll see kind of where it goes that you know that they're the pia is meeting this friday and we'll make a decision okay. from there um, yeah because obviously we, there's there's some fall sports like golf and tennis that right you can do with social distancing very easily um much more easier than football so it would honestly be a shame to punish all student athletes you know all high school kids in those sports just because football can't or you know, there's recommendations yeah. against football, but we'll we'll see where it all goes. Yeah, and and uh, here in the mitten, we we've had uh, football pushed back to the spring, um, and and we're supposed to get an update tomorrow on all the other sports, and and again, uh, uh, golf, tennis, cross country. Apparently, they think things like that will probably be fine. They're not so sure about about soccer, but they'll making an announcement coming up tomorrow. And uh, uh, either way, kids need to know it's been long enough. 
Um, okay, so the Pittsburgh Steelers training camp. Um, I, I would say, guys, if I had any – if somebody said, give me a theme of what you've heard, uh, what you've been told, what you've seen um, – there's there's a lot of talk that Ben Roethlisberger looks great. You know he's throwing the ball well. He's got good zip on the ball. His delivery's a little different, and blah 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 blah. Um, but but I got to tell you today, um, especially after I heard Mike Tomlin's uh, post post practice press conference uh, via Zoom, um, there is a, a media love affair right now with Ryan Switzer, and I I, I don't get it. But they think that he's just performing phenomenally. Uh, both uh, Mark Caballi of the Athletic and um, Joe Rudder of of the Trib both asked uh, specific Switzer questions to Tomlin, and out of about seven total questions, so they they clearly are on some kind of bandwagon. Um, ben is I believe he's going to make the roster. We've kind of said all along that he is, but. I mean, is, is there really any reason for us to expect him to be anything more than what he's been in the past? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. Um, I mean, I, I'm not even a hundred percent. I don't know. I don't think he should make the roster to be honest. Um, I'm kind of tired of it. Um, yeah, I, I think even at his best, there are better options on the roster and that he, you know, and he's a really popular guy. He's, he's uh, obviously a, a really nice guy. Oh yeah. Uh, super respectful, everything yep. else does everything right. Said everything right this year, worked his ass off. Yep. Um, he's done all the right things. I mean, he read the room basically and was like, Hey, these, you know, the fans mm-hmm. in particular all think I suck. Yeah, and I'm going to work my ass off and prove to them that I'm not. But to me, the thing that that jumps out about him is he's just at a size disadvantage to everybody else in the league. Yeah, and, you know, you get a hand on him and he goes down, and he can't really make anybody miss in the short area. So I'm just not. I don't know. I, I'm. I, I just think there are better options at wide receiver and at punt returner, and I, I think they should turn the page. I doubt they will. I, I agree. Um, and, and as far as the punt returner, there's no question. It should be a Deontay Johnson, and, and that's the end of the conversation. Um, Ian, what can what has Ryan Switzer, what does he have to do in, in order to, to, to make fans all of a sudden go, oh, man, I'm really glad, glad we kept this guy? <laughs> I mean, outside the obvious, like run forward on a punt return and maybe break a few tackles and okay. average more than, you know, two inches per return and things like that. I mean, he he really wants to be Julian Edelman, but he's not Julian Edelman. Um, no, no. And you well know, said. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's he's never going to be Julian Edelman, I don't think. And. and at this point in his career, he probably would have proven something if he was even on that path. And that's that's the long and the short of it. I mean, he can post as many workout videos as he wants on mm-hmm. Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, but until he actually turns that into something out on the field, it's it's not going to translate. And it, it, look, and Ben alluded to it, the guy worked his tail off. I mean, he literally transformed his body from being a guy that was in really good shape to being in awesome shape 
Um, you, you can see it in his, his body. Um, he's worked tremendously hard on his agility. Uh, everybody that, that I've read or talked to says his routes are much crisper and, and better and everything else. But I, I personally can't get out of my head what I've seen from him. And I just can't imagine any player taking that big of a jump just over the course of one off season um, and, and suddenly doing what he does. Now, I, I think he makes the roster. And no, I don't think it's because he's buddies with Ben. Um, sure, we, we can say that that maybe is part of it. I don't think it is. I think he makes the roster because Mike Tomlin likes guys who know what they're doing. He likes the veteran types. And, and he's he's useful because he can play the slot, and, of course, he can be a punt returner if needed. Uh, yeah, but if Deion Kane could catch. I, I, I agree. But don't you and, think Deion Kane's a different type of receiver, though? He is. He's an outside guy, yeah. you know, strictly, and, and he, he's inconsistent with his hands. If he could catch, he'd make this team way ahead of Switz. So it's not, like, it's not to say that Switz will make the team because he's good. Right. It's that there's nobody behind him that no. can push him. I, and uh, I know that he's done a lot of great things so far in camp. People mm-hmm. are super excited, and he's going to make people eat their words and eat crow. And I hope he does. I, Absolutely. I hope he does. Because yeah. if he does, my favorite team benefits. Absolutely. So I would love for him to prove all of us wrong and make us eat shit. But I don't see it happening. And how many times have we seen people that popped – during the preseason and in training camp, and then did nothing, nothing, nothing in the regular season. How many times have we seen that? So uh, every year, stop every yeah. single year. So stop yeah. buying the hype until you actually see him do it when it counts. Stop buying the hype. Stop. I know you it's know, fun. You want to get into it, but you're setting yourself up to get let down. I'm just telling you. And it's it's funny you mentioned that aspect of it because I've already heard these amazing things about you know Ola Adenie too, and and again uh, Ola's great uh, person, all those wonderful things. But we hear this every year about him. Looks great in camp. God, he looks good in camp. Oh, this guy, he gets off the ball so quick. Oh, this, this, this. It, you know, no, stop. And until we uh, see these guys do it in the games, in the games that matter. Year. You know. I think he's going to make a jump this year. I really do. Oh, I, I, I think it's very possible. Yeah. But I'm also being very reserved in my my thoughts because, like you said, we've seen this before. We see it every single year where there's hype, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, he's just another guy. Let's, let's put it another way. If Ola doesn't make a jump this year, like huh. a serious jump, he's sure. done. Yeah. I mean, his back is against the wall, really. If he doesn't make that Agreed. jump this season, he is done. Yeah. Uh, Ian, the, the last thought I want to have on Switzer is this. If the Steelers go 11 personnel and they've got the three wide receivers on the field, mm-hmm. who who are your three wide receivers? Uh, depends on what you want to do. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. So, okay. Yeah, that was good. I, mean, that was I, I think, I think in, in, a, in a general sense, in a first and 10 situation, <laughs> Thank you. Yes. it's going to be it's first and 10, not in the red zone. I'll caveat that but it's it's going to be juju it's going to be deontay and it's going to be james washington and with that alignment you can line those three guys plus either vance mcdonald or eric ebron up Mm -hmm. in any formation you want to you can do trips in the slot you can put juju in the slot you can put deontay in the slot you can put juju or deontay outside james washington probably better on the outside um but you know you can you can move those guys around and pretty much do whatever you want with them 
uh, on the field. And especially if, you know, if, if James Connor's healthy, he's a threat out of the backfield as well, uh, much more so than Jalen Samuels mm-hmm. was. And yeah, but I think we're going to see a lot of a lot of 12 personnel this year. I think we're going to see a lot of two tight end sets with Ebron and McDonald. And I think, yep. um, you know, I think especially the first half of the year, I know we've talked about kind of when Claypool may have an impact. I think the first half of the year, they may kind of just keep him not quite as a one trick pony, but more or less as a red zone target and Mm -hmm. guy who runs fly routes. Basically. I don't think they're going to ask him to run a whole lot of the route tree the first half of the year. They may, they may expand things as the year goes, depending on what he's able to do. Um, But really they, they need to be more variable with their personnel and their play calling last year. You mm-hmm. knew if certain players were in the game, it was going to be a run or a pass, and that was it. You, there was yep. no, there was no variability. That you know, yeah. but with, but ha- that's that's one of the beautiful things of having two a two tight end set is you can run out of that, you can pass out of that, especially with athletic guys that can get down the seam like McDonald and Ebron can. Um, and we really missed going over the middle of the field last year. That was just dreadful. That's a good anything. point. So, you know, having having guys like that creates mismatches on defense because those are formations with two tight ends that you can either run or pass out of, mm-hmm. whereas last year those were pretty much exclusively run formations. So in other words, in, in a very general sense of 11, if we're talking 11 personnel, Switzer's yeah. not the first option to be on the field. No, he's not. No. No, he's the he's, the field. he's yes. your he's your backup slot guy. The one yeah. thing they did do two years ago, if you remember, mm-hmm. um, uh, in certain situations, they lined Switzer up in the backfield at the running back spot. So it looked like eleven personnel from yeah. a, an alignment standpoint, but they put Switzer. I don't think they ever handed off to him, but they had him run some like drag routes and curl routes out of the backfield. I think he may have scored a touchdown that way once in a goal line situation, um, but. Mm-hmm. They 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 did do that a few times. Um, I'd say it was successful half the time, if I'm being generous. So that's not yeah. a situation or a formation. Oh, you I mean, if you're if you're successful half the time, you've got a pretty good success rate. Okay, I, probably I'm not. Say maybe maybe one time out of ten. I don't. I don't mean to be such a naysayer when it comes to this guy, but he just he just hasn't been very effective. I mean, it no. is what it is, man. If he wants to change the narrative, he's going to have to go out there and, and right. change your minds. Right. Let us be his motivation, and if that Absolutely. makes our team better, then so be it. Uh, we do have a couple of fan questions tonight, guys, on the podcast. So let me get to one right away. This comes from somebody we know as Hall of Famer Rick. Uh, who, hi, Rick. Who, uh, Rick. Yeah, hi, hi, Rick. Uh, I wonder if Rick's enjoying all of his Terry Bradshaw whiskey. He ordered like 30 bottles of it. Are you kidding uh, me? It's oh, no. Or or should I say, I bet you Terry sent them to him free of it's charge. really uh, good stuff. I've yes. gone through a bottle. I'm working on my second one now. It is really tasty. Yeah. Terry needs to send us little, you know, something, something here for all this free Absolutely publicity. Absolutely, sure. Uh, anyway, Rick says, are you as excited as I am to see 91 destroy people? And then he, and then he left like the, the LOL emoji. So is he what? being silly or is he being serious? I think knowing Rick, he's being serious. I, I would think. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I, I think that when two it's healthy, he's, he's, 
he's a destroyer of peoples. Yeah, well, more so, I, I think he might be the best defensive player when he's actually healthy and on the field. Yeah. I mean, better. And that's saying a lot because you got TJ Watt, you got Stephen mm-hmm. Nelson, you got Devin Bush, you got Cam Hayward, uh, even Bud Dupree. I mean, these are all good players. And Tuit might be better than any of them from a talent standpoint. Now, I, I don't know that he always displays that, right. um, but you know, as as Carl Dunbar pointed out a couple of days ago, when Tuit is out there on the front, mm-hmm. you can't double team everybody. So having Tuit no. out there, even if all he does is just draw a double team, it frees somebody else up. And look out. When you got yeah. those four guys, you've got Dupree and a Cam Hayward and a Stephon Tuitt and, and TJ Watt on a, as a four-man rush, yeah, you don't need to blitz. That That's no. the beauty of that situation. Now, now you can play a coverage defense and still get pressure, and that's what you want, ideally. You want to get pressure out of those four-man rushes, and they'll get it. So, yeah, I'm excited about it. I just hope he can stay healthy. Yeah, and I, I think that's everybody's help with Stefan Tuitt. Um, absolutely. Um, you are listening to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast, presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated. Uh, Deck Roofing serves Broward and the southern Palm Beach counties, whether it's commercial or residential, multifamily or condos. Contact Deck Roofing today by visiting deckroofing.com. Um, you know, Benny Snell's dropped about 12 pounds. Um, I, I'm going to start calling this like the Mike Tomlin running back diet or the Mike Tomlin running back, uh, fitness program or something. Um, Ben, we've seen this before with other running backs. Um, what is going on here, uh, in terms of why do they do this with certain running backs in terms of drop a little bit of weight? it, It goes back all the way to fast Willie Parker, his, Uh, his first year with Tomlin, he came in, in in really, really good shape, um, and they literally ran his wheels off, if you recall. I do. It, uh, it basically kind of spelled the end of his career. Um, and I'm not saying that, that you know Tomlin hasn't grown since 2007. Obviously, mm-hmm. he has. But, yeah, it does seem that uh, a lot of guys, um, Connor um, before him, Le'Veon Bell, yep. uh, you know, these are all guys that, after a year in the system were advised to maybe come in a little bit lighter so they could be shifter shiftier and quicker and did so and it paid dividends. So hopefully it, it does do the same for Benny Snell. Um, I've never envisioned him as anything, but an inside the tackles runner. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not real shifty, not real nifty. Doesn't make people miss. He just bashes them. Yeah. So, Hey, we'll see what happens. Yeah, Ian, what do you expect to see from him? Because Ben just laid it out. I, I mean, I honestly, I didn't think Bell would become what Bell did either, even though he lost the weight and, and, and got in great shape. But, I mean, is there something we should expect from Snell that, that maybe we're not seeing? So uh, I'll say two things here. So to answer your question, yeah, I think I think what you want to see from Snell is more of that long speed or the the breakaway speed that he mm-hmm. doesn't have hasn't shown really but if you slim down a little bit your acceleration goes up too um or at least you know he he's not afraid of contact so he's going to run oh, no. through guys we've we've talked before on the podcast about how he led the team in yards after contact last year so um 
you know, he's he's not afraid of contact. He can break contact. He's not an easy guy to bring down because he keeps his legs churning. But also, once he breaks that contact, does he have, you know, the acceleration to be right. able to get farther down the field? Or is he, you know, I mean, when you're the, the difference between 214 and 225 may not sound like a lot, but for mm. professional athletes, it, it can be. And the other thing that Tomlin has talked about for years is being NFL fit that, you know, they get yeah. guys that come in that are, you know, look like physical specimens. Like uh, Sammy Coates was a great example. I mean, that dude was just shredded and yeah. they were like, Nope, drop some weight so that you're, you know, you're, you're better fit to endure kind of the, the long uh, yeah. toll that an NFL yeah. season takes yeah. on your body. Um, marathon. Yeah, it is a marathon. Absolutely. The the one example that that I always think of is is Troy Polamalu. Shout out to Ellie for mentioning Troy here. Um, <laughs> but Troy always said that you know when when he worked out and lifted weights, he lifted really light weights, but did a ton of reps with them to try and build mm-hmm. up his endurance, rather than you know trying to max out and lift heavy weights to build up his muscle mass. That he was he mm-hmm. was more focused on speed and endurance than he was on. Um, you know, on, on overall strength, overall strength. Exactly. So I think that's something too, is that some of these guys come in out of college and they're in these college weight programs that are heavily focused on overall strength. Um, Cause you know, and they want to go to the combine, they want to put up big numbers on the bench press and do all that kind of stuff. And, And when you, when you do that, sometimes you lose some, some agility and some movement just because your muscles are so big. Well, I'm fascinated to see what what happens with him because we we did see a great transformation with with Bell, and I'm in no way, shape, or form suggesting we'll see something like that with with Snell. It's not to me even in the same ballpark, but I am curious to see. And, and you're right, even an eight to ten pound difference for for these guys is a a big difference. Um, uh, just, just like if I drop eight to 10 pounds, it's, it's, it's like, you know, I'm no longer carrying several pounds of sugar, you know, um, which in some cases I would be, but, uh, anyway, you know, who else they say, Ben, that is in phenomenal shape, transformed his body a little bit too, is Deontay Johnson. Um, he, he was already in pretty good shape and had a pretty good year last year. Um, does that just make you a little bit that much up, more excited though. for him? He muscled up is the thing. Yeah. So it's it's a little different. Uh Deontay is still a young guy. He's twenty-four. He um, which incidentally, I should point out again, right, we've talked about this before, but Juju Smith Schuster is twenty-three. Crazy. Uh I know that people have knocked some things he did and does. Mm-hmm. One, he's still a kid. You gotta yeah. remember that. You gotta put those things in context. He's still a kid. And number two. He hasn't even entered his prime yet. Nope. And uh, he may do some great things this year and make a lot of people eat their words. Mm-hmm. Um, I Let's put it this way. I think there's a lot better chance of that happening than Switzer proving people wrong. Absolutely. Yeah. I, yes. I would also take that bet. Yes. Getting back yes. to, uh, to Mr. Johnson, uh, he's actually muscled up. He put a little weight yeah. on. So – I think, you know, that's uh, as long as he's maintaining his quickness, right? his right. short area quickness and burst, that's that's the thing that has been his forte is, is the way he creates separation so easily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. His awareness of where the corner is going and his quick feet to go, yeah, well, I was I was going this way, but I'm going back this way. You know, it's it's not quite Barry Sanders. I'm not trying to make that 
no, that comparison no. or anything here. But yeah, he's uh he's got a way about him, and and part of it is his wits, and part of it is his feet. And as long as he's still got those quick feet, good news. Like here, yeah. I mean, his ability to to run really good routes coming out of college that that is not something you always see out of these these oh, kids coming no. out. And he he was already a really accomplished route runner. Um, staying on the offensive side of the ball, uh, Ian, um, the right tackle battle is obviously something people are paying attention to. Zach, Mr. Eligible Banner, and uh, Chooks Okorafor, um, according to Mike Tomlin, Matt Filer, the former right tackle, has has taken all his snaps at left tackle. Uh, or excuse guard. me, left, left guard, guard. Thank you. Yeah. Um, left guard throughout throughout camp so far. So they seem very very intent on one of those two guys. And um, what do you make of the fact that Chooks has had more reps? And in some cases, we've seen um, Banner back at the old eligible spot during some drills and stuff too. Do you take anything from that, or is it just? the way things go and we're not even close to sorting this out yet i'd say it's closer to we're not close to sorting this out Mm yet um i think given given what they invested in a core for a a third round pick a a late pick but granted a third round pick i think they would like him to win the job um especially because he's under contract for another year after this year whereas Mm -hmm. uh you know banners on a, a one year uh restricted free agent deal um so i i think they would they would prefer a core four you know mm-hmm. they want their they want their draft investment to pay sure. off um they're giving him a chance but i think they'll give banner a chance too i mean we're what three four days into padded practice or they didn't even practice in pads today no. so they've had two so padded practices um one of them villanueva was not in for so they moved chooks to the left side and uh, banner on the right side and that's the other thing to keep in mind is villanueva is in the last year of his contract too so it's yeah. possible that they want to get chooks as many reps as possible because they potentially could view him as the left tackle of the future and they want to find out if he's capable of that or not and if he's not then they need to have a, another plan at left tackle so we'll see we'll see what happens but i wouldn't read too much into it after two practices um yeah yeah yeah, but Ben, you you've said that several times that you think they obviously, as Ian said, they want or or would like to see Chooks win that. But you've also said that that maybe he moves over to that left tackle spot at some point too, right? Yeah, they they want Chooks to win the right tackle spot this year. Make no bones about it. They they mm-hmm. do. They are not just going to hand it to him. Though. No, and the reason that they do is they view him as a future left tackle because he's got good feet. Um, That said, you know, a lot of things could change. I don't think, for example, that Al is going to have a very strong market next year between the fact that the salary cap is going to shrink dramatically Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and his age. Yep. And the fact that, I mean, honestly, yeah, I know he made a Pro Bowl, but he made that on the fan vote. Not, <laughs> not on vote from votes from players and, and coaches. And, um, you know, it's popularity contest. And he's, he's never been that good. I mean, he's, he's, he's technically sound and he's a yeah. smart player, but he's not a dominant left tackle. And, and he's no. just not going to be in high demand next year. Um, so 
he could end up coming back, especially if Chuk Sikorafor is not very impressive this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they'd like to get Chukes out there. And honestly, I, I tend to wonder, I don't know this. I have been told they want Chukes to win that, to win that spot, but I, I tend to wonder if their plan isn't, well, we got three tackles. Yeah. We got one that we think can play left tackle, but he's going to have to step up and do it. So hopefully he wins at the right tackle spot this year, get some experience. Then we move him to left. Then we got Banner. We'll throw him in there as the swing tackle this year, and he'll play a lot of that spot where he's the extra tackle in our, in our heavy sets, and he'll still get more experience. He'll have another year in the system. And then we'll we'll tell him next year, hey, we want you to come in and compete to be our right tackle uh, and, and re-sign him. Yeah. And and then they'll, they're covered, right? Hopefully. Sure. Yeah, that um, makes sense. It's not like Banner's going to have a, a strong market either. Uh, I don't think so. I don't either. You know, I, I think long-term they're thinking about this stuff from that standpoint. Um, they could probably, they will either draft or sign another tackle next year without question, uh, mm-hmm. because you know, one of those, one of those three is going to be gone. Either Banner, Chukes or Al is gone next season. So right. they've got to think about it from that standpoint. Um, and yeah, I, I don't think there's anything to read into to to what's taken place thus far. And and Tomlin even mentioned that after the first practice in pads, he said, "Yeah, I, I, I just want to caution you guys: don't count reps because they don't, don't necessarily reps. mean anything. We just yep. we're putting people in positions to see what they think, to see what they can do. Excuse me, when they're put in those positions, and that's going to change day by day." Yeah, I I agree, and I I know full well that maybe some listeners might be wondering, well, what about Banner? There's there's no Banner is not a left tackle. It's not going to happen. No, um, he <laughs> he is no. right right tackle or bust kind of a thing. And that's the um, thing, man. If you're a yeah. right tackle only in the NFL, it's really really hard to yeah. keep a job because yep. you, if you're a right tackle, you got to be a little more versatile. You've either got to be an elite right tackle where people know your name and want to sign mm-hmm. you, which he's not, or no. you've got to be a guy who can play like three spots along the line, both guards and right tackle. Like guy like Matt Filer will have a strong market next year. So that's one more thing to think about. Very true. Let's switch over one to thing, one yeah, other go thing. Ahead. I'll add that yeah. Just to follow up on Ben's points that we've talked about before, Villanueva is like the 20th highest paid tackle in the left tackle in the league, which is probably about commensurate with his ability level. I mean, we've he's not an elite tackle, and right. right now he's making a fair salary for his ability level. Um, you know, that being said, I was kind of paging through some of the some of the free agents that got signed this year. And it, you know the market's all over the place. You got premier guys like Anthony Costanzo with the Colts, who's 32, which is um, what Villanueva will Villanueva, be. Yep. Um, yeah, and he signed a, a deal for like 16 and a half million per year with Indy. Um, the the flip side is you got uh, Kelvin Beecham, who signed a one year, basically vet minimum deal with Arizona at like 1.1 million. And he's 31 years old which is kind of hard to believe that Beecham's 31 already, but nevertheless, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but nevertheless, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of all over the place based on, you know, injury history plays a factor, skill level plays a factor, all that. But with the cap shrinking, um, you know, I, I got to think that for someone who's currently the 20th highest paid tackle in mm-hmm. the league, you're, you're, 
I think Ben's on the right track. There's not going to be a massive market out there for Villanueva. Yeah, I you guys have nailed it. There's no reason for me to even expand on it any further than that. So I'm just going to move over to the defense. Um, I, I, I heard and read some really good things today about Ulysses Gilbert, and it's some stuff that that we have pondered in past shows and, and in uh, some articles at SteelCityBlitz.com. Um, he he ran very well in some coverage stuff with running backs. Um, I, I mean, now again, we always temper. It's just training camp. It's practice. But, Ben, what does it mean – if he can be a guy that can be relied upon to come and come on the field at times and cover the other team's running back. It means they have a dime linebacker. Yeah. <laughs> it means they have a linebacker that can do what they wanted Mark Barron to do last year. Yeah. And he couldn't do. It doesn't mean a whole lot more than that. I mm-hmm. would not mm-hmm. start. I would not start accepting the possibility that he's going to push uh, Vinny for reps on first and second down. I don't see that one. Right. One, I don't think people understand the fact that Vince Williams is an exceptional tackler. Mm-hmm. He's not perfect. Nobody is, but he's very, very reliable as a tackler. And two, yeah. that he's smart. The guy has, the guy is, is a sub average athlete in the NFL. I'll just put it out there. He is. Yeah. But he's managed to, to put together, what, a 10-year career? Incredible. Yeah. Is this his 10th year I, or 9th? I, I, well, he's 31, isn't he? So I I'm, I think it's 9, nine or 10. I'll have he to pull it to up. He's put together but... a long career in the NFL because he's a smart guy. Okay? And you don't just stick up. I'm sorry? He was drafted in 13. So this is his 8th year. Eighth yeah. year, okay. Eighth season, okay. So I'm I'm one or I'm one over. I thought it was ninth or tenth. All right. So uh, he, he's put together a long career in the NFL as a sub sub average NFL athlete. I'll just say it. He is. Yeah. And you know, playing for a pretty good team, a pretty good defense. He's managed to stave off younger guys because he's a smart player, and those kind of smarts don't just happen you know it, it mm-hmm. takes study mm-hmm. and a lot of experience and that's that's the thing where Yuli Gilbert's going to have to step up his game a little bit if he wants to to come in and compete for those first and second down reps yeah. um, and maybe he will get them at some point this season but I think more likely we're probably looking at next year if if he can prove himself as a sub package linebacker this season yeah next next season process. he could be a guy they can count on to be on the field all the time. Yeah, it, I mean it's a process for these young guys, and and um, you know Williams, I got I can remember doing podcasts talking about him as a rookie and and his first second year, wondering if he would even remain on the roster, and he he has he's made himself a a very good football career and uh, uh, continues to be a guy you have to have on the field on first and second down. But you know if Gilbert, if nothing else, can be a guy that can cover pretty well, then then you know we'll take it and go from there. Um, Ian, uh, there's also been a lot of talk about how good uh, Terrell Edmonds looks this week, um, covering well, tackling well, doing all these things. I mean, do you think he senses the urgency that he's got to have this year? I would think so, especially you know being a first-round pick. And they went out and got Minka, which is 
a different Minka plays a different position. Edmonds yeah. is a strong safety, Minka is a free safety. But nevertheless, they also drafted another strong safety this year, essentially. I mean, we've talked mm-hmm. about um, you know, we've we've Brooks. talked about the, Brooks, right? We've talked about the potential for him to be more of a dime backer or something like that, but essentially it's another strong safety. So and, and Edmonds has struggled. His brother, who is a running back, had more interceptions than he did last year. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's 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 Call Can you explain that? Thing. Because many of our listeners are going, what's he talking about? Yeah, uh, there was a play where the Rams ran a fake punt because yeah. uh, Sean McVay only is able to win with Jeff Fisher's players. <laughs> so the Rams ran a fake punt. <laughs> and Trey Edmonds, running back, who's playing special teams, alertly intercepted the pass. That's and right. Uh, Terrell Edmonds, who played the entire season on defense, yeah, uh, looks like he has no idea where the ball is when it's in the air. <laughs> and there's been a number of plays over time where Edmonds gets in position to make plays and just mm-hmm. misses them. Um, the the one that stands out from last year is the last touchdown against Buffalo in a game we absolutely had to win. Had to have. He lets a, a slot tight end run down the field and run right out to the post, or not to the post, post the middle, run, run right out to the pylon wide open and just keeps backpedaling off of him and, and never closes down on him even after he crosses the goal. And it was a wide open pass for Josh Allen. I mean, yeah. say what you will about Josh Allen's accuracy, but I mean – Anyone not named Mitch Trubisky could probably make that throw. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. You or, I, you or I could make that throw. And, yeah, <laughs> Josh Allen has got a much stronger arm. So not only is it getting there, it's getting there fast. Oh, man, that's that's good. Uh, but, hey, you know what? You know, much in the same way we we obviously have our, our questions about Switzer. We have our questions and doubts about Edmonds. But, look, we want to be proven wrong. We want this kid to do well. Um, I, I think Edmonds you know. is going to make a jump this year. I, I really do. And I, I, so? I, I hope I'm right about that. I, he just <sighs> – his his biggest issue to me has always been that he doesn't even try to track the ball in the air. He's and it's it's yeah. you know it's not like he lacks athleticism. Mm-hmm. He oh just, no, that's for sure. He just doesn't try and track the ball, and it's like you know if he would just do that one thing, yeah, he would be so much more effective. He could either play the ball and defend passes, or play the ball and actually you know get a pick. I'm fine with either. Yeah. You yeah. you want to you want to knock the ball down and not let people catch it? Okay. You want to try and actually pick it off and, you know, when he actually has had interceptions, his acceleration is incredible. You know, it's obvious he's yeah. a world-class athlete. Do that a little bit and we'll start believing. We really will. And and I I just think it's going to take him a little while to He's only 23. I'm not making excuses. Another for him. young guy. Yep, he's he is. First round pick. The expectations are what they are. It's his third year, but he's only 23. Um, they like taking guys in the first round that are really young, so they can develop them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he hasn't hit his prime yet. I just, I tend to see guys that come in young take a little while to develop, and when they do, and it all clicks, you know, mm-hmm. they've they've had enough time in the pros. Yeah. to 
to glean enough experience and information to make the game slow down for them. And then that, that supreme athleticism that they have as a natural gift plays on itself and they become that dominant player. So I, sometimes you get Bud Dupree and sometimes you get Artie Burns. That's just the risk of taking young guys. Yeah. Artie just, uh, well, yeah, Uh, very, very, you know, we wish uh, the best for Artie, by the way, he uh, blew his ACL this week. He's over with the bears now. And, uh, obviously wish the best for him. Um, you know, speaking of injuries real quick, the Steelers so far, everything is, is pretty minor. Uh, Chris Wormley. Yeah. Knock on all the wood you can boys and girls. Um, Chris Wormley's got, uh, uh, just a nagging thing. James Washington, kind of the same. And then, uh, rookie Kevin, uh, Dotson, uh, little knee tweak yesterday, but uh, Mike Tomlin was not overly concerned about any of those things. Um, So, so far so good because, you know, we're, we're seeing guys drop like flies. We just mentioned Artie Burns and of course uh, McCoy down there in Texas uh, in Dallas, um, uh, you know, ruptured quad he's done. So, you know, these things happen. So let's just keep really wanted to talk about that, but we just don't have time. Well, I, I know um, that that's a crazy situation the way his contract was written, but I, I did want to just get to this because it, it kind of leads into our exit strategy here. We did have one other question tonight via Instagram. Uh, it says Herbert Hoover sucked so bad. They named a vacuum after him. <laughs> <laughs> what should be named Ravens? Huh? That's a that's a very interesting and thought provoking question, huh? What should be named Ravens? Huh. Some kind of shitty high school esque wine that you would buy, <laughs> or or that bums would drink. So they can rename Thunderbird Ravens. <laughs> Ravens wine. Is that is that is that like a Mad Dog twenty twenty for the kids oh, or something it's, like that? It's the worst shit ever. <laughs> or uh, or Night Train. They could they could rename either Thunderbird or Night Train. Oh man, Baltimore Ravens wine. I, I you know what we can stop right there. Uh, that's it, everybody. Thanks again for listening to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. Make sure you check out the site, steelcityblitz.com, for daily stuff. And also, uh, Ian has uh, unloaded all of the Whippy Old High School football stuff. Uh, still don't quite know the fate yet, but he's got conference previews pumping out uh, at least one or two a day. So make sure you check that out as well. So everybody stay safe out there, and we will see you on the other side. And, hey, go Steelers. Ravens suck. <laughs>